Good morning. You're listening to Drinking Socially, the official untapped podcast. Your inside look at what's happening in the untapped community and the world of beer. I'm John. It's the season of holidays, obligations, and winter warmers. Fortunately, we've only got one of those on the agenda for this episode, and it's actually holidays. Um, We're going to talk about beers. We're going to talk about the past. It's a great time to reflect on how we've gotten here to episode 65 of Drinking Socially and some exciting new updates, including the year in beer. That's right, and I'm Harrison. Tonight will be full of beers of Christmas past and present and beers of Christmas yet to come or something like that. And I, for one, am excited to look back at uh, our year in beer, kind of see what we've been up to. I imagine most of you who have been listening to Drinking Socially for the past season have a pretty good idea of a lot of them already, but it was uh, fun going back. I found some kind of cool surprises, stuff I had earlier in the year that uh, from breweries I now really like. So pumped to show that with you, share it with you today. But first... Drinking Socially is released every other Wednesday morning and can be found at podcast.untap.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Exactly. Now, getting started on this episode, mm-hmm. uh, Harrison and I are uh, fortunate is the word I'm going to use yep. in that uh, we got together a group of eight friends. Oh, yeah, right. Um, there, was right. A, there was a connection from a different part of the country. <laughs> oh, there was right. an exchange of money. Right. And it was uh, it was it was a, it involved financial approval from spouses. Yep. Um, but we were Big just deal. sharing what was my first check in of Likewise. Sam Adams Utopias. Yeah, <clears throat> pretty wild stuff. That is a big so 2019's Utopia is a pretty wild beer. I think we counted six or seven different barrels that had rested in before we got to try it. So crazy intense beer, but really cool a cool way to prep us for. The podcast, absolutely. Very so, well prepped. It yeah. is, it, the, the question I ask, for those of you that have had the beer, heard of the beer, never heard of it, it uh, sits around 28% ABV. It's technically a beer. Right. Um, my question is, if, if anybody can answer this black and white for me, how is Sam Adams' Utopias a beer <laughs> and right. brandy, brandy. How are they different? <laughs> um, but that was an amazing start. Uh, we had a little bit of Christmas celebrating uh, here at the office, and now yeah. it's starting to kind of carry that on. Right. Uh, Harrison and I have some Christmas themed beers. Yeah. Uh, the first one we're going to start with, hopefully, everybody's had a chance at, at least most of us on the Eastern US probably have seen this one. Harrison, mm-hmm. uh, can you kind of fill me in on the yeah. details here? Yeah, so beer number one today is Christmas Ale from Great Lakes Brewing Company out of Ohio. And um, style, style, it's classified as a winter ale. comes in about 7.5% ABV notes on it. A holiday ale brewed with honey and spiced with fresh ginger and cinnamon. And I used to do a lot of work with Great Lakes when I was managing uh, – a bar and restaurant outside of Philadelphia. Did a lot of beer dinners with them and got to know their reps really well. And at one point, probably this must have been around 2011 or 2010 or maybe 2009, this beer in the month of December outsold Budweiser in the state of Ohio. And I don't know if it was just draft or overall or whatever. That's a pretty serious claim to you know be a, a seasonal beer that right out out sells the you know, most well-known beer in the world. Um, 
in uh, in that Great Lakes home state of Ohio. But uh, big deal. And people used to freak out about it and still do. And they have Christmas in July there at the brewery where they release like a limited batch of it just at the brew pub in the summer. But it's um, it may be kind of my one of my first winter kind of beer memories as well or kind of realizing that that was a style or a um, sub-style or whatever you want to call it of beer. But it's uh, so it's one I've had a lot. I'm, I'm going to totally echo that. This beer sits for a seasonal at over 300,000 check-ins, about 7,000 so far this month. Nice. Um, it, it holds her at 3.8 rating. Um, it's 7.5 ABV. Those are, that's kind of the initial spec sheet on mm-hmm. it. But I do, uh, as all things, we always like to ask, you know, what's your first beer memory, especially whether you're on the podcast or joining the Facebook group. It's, yep. it's really foggy. Uh, <laughs> it's, right, right. It's just, that's a, cons- a constant between yeah, all of our stories. Yeah, it's, uh, but this one, I definitely I remember the first time I had it. I remember, I remember when this came out, the Great Lakes rep coming to me and being like, hey, I got 50 of them, or 50 sexuals of this. Do you want one or not? And I was one of my, also one of my first experiences of being like, whoa, an allotted beer coming to me. <laughs> an allocated beer. Here yeah. we go. Right. That's exactly right. Something that's hard to get. And, and again, at the time, it was, it was a pretty big deal. Um, so let's, ooh. So I'm excited to go back here. This is, this is good, man. Seven five. I just I snuck a sip in while Harrison was talking. Hmm. I I think what I, what for me what I get, grab onto the most is the ginger. ginger. Maybe it's because Absolutely. of the infusion. Uh, <laughs> right. we did still, last, but, still in our noses. Um, yeah. That the ginger makes takes away any of the cloyingness uh, mm-hmm. that comes with this beer and makes me looking forward to my next sip right away. Yep, I agree. Yeah, tons of ginger. Um, and, uh, and then is it warm? I'm kind of sitting here waiting for sip number two, a little bit of cinnamon in the back, but yeah, it's not like overly sweet. It actually almost finishes a little dry, which is nice, but you know, one that I like the ABV on it. It's not too boozy, but it's definitely not a, not a sessionable beer. So a couple of these can warm you right up. And that's really what you're looking for this time of year. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I feel like I had a cask of this once with something crazy in it, like candy canes or something. Who knows? That could be pretty cool. (laughs) But uh, Christmas up any beer. Right, exactly. Just candy canes. Candy canes. This Looking on Untapped, one thing I think is pretty – I mean, we're in – North Carolina, which is, I suppose, uh, we'll say 600 miles away from Great Lakes Brewery in Ohio and yeah, Cleveland. Yeah. Um, this beer's on the shelf. It's a, there's probably 15 verified venues nearby that have it on their menu. Uh, so it should be, again, I think, hopefully pretty easy to come by. Yep. Mm. Honey comes in a little bit. That honey kind of starter in the beginning, and they also just released their Blackout Stout, which I really enjoy looking at their brewery page on Untapped. Um, but this is on the brewery page, their top beer is Christmas Ale, uh, which is pretty cool as well. Because I mean, their Dortmunder Gold is kind of everywhere too, and their distribution footprint. And Edmund Fitzgerald, their porter, is like Edmund the, Fitzgerald is that's a great. They do a the great job porter. with that porter, right? And that's their second top beer. The so. fact that their Christmas ale is their number one immediately, I think, of Southern Tier and Pumpkin, and how mm-hmm. they kind of like everybody makes a pumpkin beer now, but Pumpkin is right. the that's the bar. That is the bar. Yeah, so very much the same story here with Great Lakes. I'd absolutely, yeah, I agree. 
with that. Um, but it's it's cool. Yeah, it's winter. It's a winter ale. It's not classified as a winter warmer. We can talk about that a little bit today as we run through. Actually, I'd love to. I tried doing mm-hmm. a little bit of research on a winter warmer, a winter ale. It seems to to pair to kind of boil everything down. Christmas beers are made by tradition more than rules. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to put clove in there. You commonly will, but right. there's no, I couldn't find like a stern rule set. And perhaps in the Netherlands or someplace where they have a more learned history on beer making, it would, it, there'd be some rules to follow. Harrison, can you help me out? Yeah. And, and I, I think they're almost interchangeable or, you know, winter warmer holiday ale, winter ale. You're right. It kind of comes down to like spices, amount, availability. I feel like, um, I could be wrong here. I'm trying to scratch my brain, but I feel like, um, the, uh, winter warmer maybe has a more narrow definition where winter ale could almost be anything. It's like the, maybe the broad, the umbrella term, if you will, um, that winter warmer falls under, but I've seen them used the interchangeably, uh, certain places, Sometimes winter warmer winter warmers and, and old ales also kind of cross okay. pollinate. Yep. So a, then you've got ABV coming into play. Um, but yeah, it's it's and and then also sometimes it's just kind of like a malt forward beer that's brewed in the winter months and like that's what it was originally, and you know it doesn't need to have clothes, doesn't need to have anything in it. It's just kind of excuse me on the darker side, but not as dark as a stout. Um, like a big, uh, right. I'm, I'm picturing like 200 years ago, like this right. really, really malty <clears throat> amber ale. Right. It's just, right. That's, right. Like that's an old what ale. I drink yeah. for Christmas. Yeah. And it's basically just like an old ale in the winter. So, um, yeah, now you have more variety, but certainly the, the history of it kind of comes from essentially an old ale made for the winter months. That's not quite as dark as a stout, but definitely on the malty side of things. And the spices kind of, which we've talked about in other episodes have always been, part of kind of brewing traditions, hops being the one that everyone knows now, which is a flower, but, you know, it wasn't unheard to throw bay leaves and stuff like that into beers. But, yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, cool. I, the, some I can't think of it off the top of my head now. I want to say it's in Texas. There's a big, well-known craft brewery that puts juniper in theirs, and mm. uh, that's, a, that's a flavor that I'll chase, and I'm right. probably getting it wrong anyways. But... Mm-hmm. It makes me feel better to hear you say that, like a winter beer is is essentially, if we look at it today, kind of a seasonal thing. It doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily have to hit, yeah, um, any certain any, adjunctual right. guideline, right? Yeah, I think it more, yeah, and then even yeah, you could talk about Christmas beer being like a type of winter warmer that has more alcohol than a winter warmer does. But these are not hard and fast rules like you would find with. Kolsch's or lambics or things like that. It's Could we say that Sierra Nevada celebration is a is a is a Christmas mm. beer or a winter beer? I qualify as that <laughs> <laughs> because I drink it during Christmas. But um, uh, yeah, right, right. Again, like that old ale. I would call it a yeah winter ale, sure. But at that point, what are you really saying about the beer? I think it's more useful to say it's a fresh hop IPA, but. Absolutely, if you're talking about a kind of stronger beer that's made in the to be enjoyed in the winter months, that is celebration too. Again, how useful that is, who knows? But um, but yeah, it seems like the winter warmer itself, winter ale, 
there's some consensus, but it seems to just be lots of variety is what you're going to find. Don't expect the same thing from one brewery's winter more and or winter ale to the next, which is is fun. That's I I I wish I was more researched in the history of uh, Christmas and winter drinks. I'm going to try and touch on this subject with Harrison as we drink through and uh, um, Scandinavian glog and mm. Lithuanian kvass, which I probably <laughs> don't say right in uh, Germany. There's a Chris Kinmarkt. I'm going to try that. If you're listening in Germany, please. Uh, please let me know <laughs> how terrible I did. But I, I love the idea that it, it, Christmas is kind of celebrated almost worldwide as, a, as yeah. a, maybe the largest holiday we know in in, in the world of Earth. Right. But <laughs> right. It, you go different places and everybody does it a little bit differently. And it kind of touches on what I love about craft beer today. Yeah. Uh, this this beer here, differently than the next one we're about to drink for sure. Yeah, both would yeah. be arguably Christmas themed. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I I usually leave to Harrison because he always picks up on it right away. But this is amazingly clear. Yes, I know for a fact that Great Lakes Great Lakes has a centrifuge, which most big breweries do, um, which is basically a fancy way of spinning the beer while under pressure to kind of right before you package it to kick out any particulates at all so their beers are that need to be crystal clear like the lagers they make which they do the Dortmunder and the Elliot Ness and a couple other ones and this beer uh are super clear their pails are a little more to this they have a little more haze in there um and their IPAs and stuff but uh uh I think that's the case across the board but um yeah this one crystal clear and it's that centrifuge doing a lot of work I remember again I used to work with Great Lakes all the time like the day they got it, the rep came in to talk to me. He was super pumped about how like he was going to be able to – it was exciting for him because it just meant you know, more quality beers that would last longer and he would be able to you know, kind of cover more ground or whatever. So, um, yeah, so centrifuge, that's what's happening here. And, and it, as in addition to you know, this sitting – I don't think they lager this, but it you know, doesn't need to be rushed to the bottling line like a lot of IPAs these days – can be in the interest of keeping that fresh hop character. This one you don't need to, to cut uh, your your cellar time down. Uh, but yeah, they have a big old centrifuge, which again a lot of breweries do. That almost makes me want to ask. I know it's it's seven point five. It's in a glass bottle. This mm-hmm. isn't a beer that I would want to age. Right. But the new the new and older John. Mm-hmm. Um, has decided that I don't want to age my one-off beers anymore. I want right. to age beers that I can get every year and, and compare how yeah. they've changed. Uh-huh. Um, this would be one I'd be really interested to hear if someone has one laying over from last year. I tried to look mm-hmm. through on Untapped, but uh, there, <laughs> I, I couldn't get past December 5th. Yeah. Just about, I think uh, I probably have about 30 friends that have checked this beer in right. recently. Right. Um, so, I mean, that's really cool to see. I just haven't uh, been able to find anyone that's bragging about last year's. Right. And you could. I mean, it's not crazy. Like the spices would last, but it's not crazy spicy. Um, I think it's probably better enjoyed fresh. But you can always try. And I mean, it's not bottle conditioned, so it it may not change that much. But that's the whole point of that centrifuge is like that, you know, stuff's 
lasts longer, stays fresh for longer because you don't have those weird kind of nucleation points of particulate stuff sitting in the beers that can create oxidiz- oxidation and oxidize a beer and, and uh, go off flavor and stuff like that. So, yeah, interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I have not done it with this beer, but you could. It's kind of right around that range where usually like eight and above you're okay for a year. Wouldn't do it with an IPA. That's a whole other conversation about what to age and not. We can we keep talking about we'll one, talk about one day, but we will we, talk about it one day. <laughs> we do we definitely tease at it. I kind of led you down a path there, Harrison. Mm-hmm. Um we had uh, mention in the Facebook group and I we had a lot of people posting in the Facebook group, which is my favorite yeah. thing about it, just to hear, you know, what do you what are you doing with the beer that you're drinking? How do you use Untapped? How do you celebrate? Um, the one that caught my eye, I'm trying to scroll through the feed and find it here, but um, there was a, someone in the group that was talking about a good beer to age and kind of celebrate with their significant other. Right. Like, what could I buy a case of? And and every couple of anniversaries, we, qu- we crack mm. one open. Mm. Um well, the I think the suggestion that it hit it, it was a personal uh, win for me. Um, somebody suggested make make a mead or get a mead because that you can sit on for an incredibly long time. My my wife and I bought everything we needed to make a mead, and it, over a year just spread that honey onto other things. <laughs> <laughs> we never got it into bottles, but I right. loved the idea. The question I'm trying to ask is. Uh, off the top of your head, are there any beers or styles you could think of that might be able to survive well kept for five years so that you could, you know, kind of have mm-hmm. that tradition with the person that lends you room for cellaring beers? Right. <laughs> right. To pay your rent for the cellar that should be a yeah, closet full of something more useful or whatever. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, specific, it's, I mean, it's really what I look for is. ABV style, so usually something darker, although Belgian things can can be great and oftentimes the most interesting and change the most. Uh, if it's bottle conditioned, that's good. Uh, I think that helps the beer last longer and also kind of it's still changing it in the bottle. Um, so that will definitely also you know change how it tastes over months, years. Five years is a while. You know, I don't know. Like I... Uh, let me see. I have. I will have the chance to try a five-year-old KBS this year from 2015 and you know 2020. It'll be five years, so that'll probably be. Well, let me think about that. You should bring that in. We should. We should. I want to share. <laughs> we should. You're right, John. Sold. Um, you know, and I'm trying to think. I've been to you know fancy uh, you know beer bars and had stuff from the cellar from the early 2000s, and most of it's Belgian stuff, Cantillon things, and Fatome and stuff like that, and it's. A lot of it's really cool, but at that point, you are like just the cork and cage stuff. You're rolling the dice like you would with wine, where maybe it's corked or not, or you know, like each bottle is going to be different. For it could be bottled next to each other, and one could be good and one could be bad, or if you know you have it in a hot place, cold place. Like there's so many variables. Um, so that also comes into it. It's like where do you keep it for five years so it doesn't get messed up somewhere dark away from the light that's not going to get too warm. But um, I mean, if you're like looking for like the safest one, probably just a big old stout. The boozier, the better, um, and see what that does over time. 
I wouldn't do one with tons of adjuncts in it. Um, but those are so, um, most of them relatively so new. You really don't know what one would taste like five years after it's been bottled because a lot of them have only come around in the past couple of years that have adjuncts in them. So it's a good question. I don't have enough data to answer it, but when I think about it and what I have in my cellar are just big old stouts that I hopefully one day we'll drink. And a couple Same. of big old Belgian beers too. Too big for me to drink alone. Right, I can't. Right, I'm looking at it and I'm like, nah, that's not, I can't do that tonight. I have things um, to do tomorrow. It was, Maribeth made the post mm-hmm. in Drinking Socially. If you keep an amazing seller, um, if yeah. you if, if you have if you have that if you're listening to this and you're like oh my gosh I've mm-hmm. got the perfect beer yeah. um, join the group uh, share your recommendations I thought it was an amazing post I mean that's yeah. a you're building a tradition along yep. with uh, right. marriage which <sighs> should, should be a tradition there yeah. too and I think it'd be cool if you can find I mean nowadays just find some beer that your favorite local brewery releases once a year or a regional brewery that releases a seasonal around the time you got married and get it every year and make that be like a thing you do as opposed to cellaring something or if it's a like an imperial stout they release every year get two bottles each year and then each year drink a vertical of it or something like that where go to dark lord day right every do year. have that get married at dark lord day <laughs> there you go I'm sure it's happened i'm sure it's <laughs> been done if not um, harrison is online right. certified that's right i that's right i am yep you fly me to you and and get the beers and i'll and I'll do the singing and the dancing. Um, <laughs> um, getting through this Christmas beer, we've got one next that yeah. is equally Christmas beer. I think in I'm my excited. head it's a Christmas beer that reminds me of a oh, cookie. Yeah. Right. And I can't think of one that would remind you of a cookie more than this one from the famed Hardywood yeah. out of Virginia. I think the claim is that they're the first or second craft brewery that's set up in Virginia or okay. at least in Richmond. Right. Um, awesome. But they've got a few spots. They've opened up a brewery that's focusing on kind of health-minded beers. I mm. always want to call it Sun Pop Brewery, and I almost always get it wrong. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. I think we mentioned it in a few episodes ago. Um, but, I mean, these guys are they, – they, they make some incredible beers. The story about this one is uh, I'm, I'm – Met a guy who owned a bar. He was from Virginia. As soon as he said that, I said, hey, what do you know about Hardywood? It's around Christmas time. This beer comes out. Mm -hmm. Do you think when you're up there, you could score one and bring it back for me or anything? And it's been about three years. And still, randomly, when I see him around town, I just happened to see him a couple of days ago. And he said, hold on, I got a couple in my truck. Uh, So thank you, Wes. Uh, You're an an awesome dude. Uh, Harrison will kind of roll us through the specs on Hardywood's gingerbread. Yeah. Uh, if you if you've got it in front of you, I do. this sure. this one's got a little bit more of a story and a little bit uh, rip man. Let her go, <laughs> right? And this is the original. I think there's some variants of this, right? Different kind of. Yep, I've seen it barrel aged. I, I think there's a few different ones that they do. Cool. So yeah, so it's it's brewed with baby ginger from the Castle Monte. I hope I'm saying that right. Farm wildflower honey from the Bearer Farms. Um, you know, it's it's kind of as in their words, capturing the terroir of Central Virginia. Uh, rich, creamy libation, velvety mouthfeel. Um, kind of flavors of milk, chocolate, vanilla, some honeycomb, cinnamon, ginger. Of course, popping through um, there. 
and it's uh, it's one I've actually never had, so I'm excited to to check it out. Um, and apparently, there's also some Madagascar bourbon vanilla beans and Vietnamese cinnamon in here too. So that's there's a lot going on, but it's classified as a uh, you know on the bottle itself, Imperial Milk Stout, with cinnamon, vanilla, and fresh local ginger and honey. So those are all things I like, and I love gingerbread cookies and <laughs> houses. And all cookies, as right. I've learned. Sure, yeah. I really can't. This is a tough time of year for me. I mean, it's great, but I end up feeling horrible every day because of the amount of cookies I consume. So this this beer will be just another liquid version of that. And I'll be happy happy for for a while, I hope. Um, but it's, yeah, and they even say, we talk about celery, and they say, you know, enjoy it fresh, celery it for later. You do you. Um, but I'm pumped about it because I've heard about it a lot. It's a beer you kind of you hear about living in the, Southeast U.S. and um, but I've never had the chance to get it. it doesn't, I don't think it leaves Virginia, Hardywood, at least in official distribution. No, am I wrong? I don't think I don't yeah. I don't think Hardywood distributes outside of Virginia yet. Uh, I know that you'll find them at uh, a couple of festivals worldwide. Mm-hmm. They'll go to um, they've they've done a couple of festivals overseas. They, I think they were at an, uh, an event from Burial this year. Yeah. Um, so they, I mean, they travel well. This yep. this beer to put it in comparison with the Great Lakes Christmas Ale has been checked in about fifteen hundred times this month. Mm-hmm. So fifteen um, percent of that volume, but it's just in Virginia. That's yeah. pretty impressive. Yep. Uh, about seventy two thousand check ins overall. Yeah. So uh, at least a, a good a good portion of people have either had a friend like Wes from Virginia right. bring him a bottle um, or or been to Virginia to drink one. I think that this one's, for, this was like for me, this was the Christmas whale for mm. so long mm-hmm. um, that I just wanted to get my hands on. I've had it twice before now, but nice. this is my first time having an, I'll say an unbarreled version. Right. Um, so I expect this to be maybe a little bit more session drinkable. It's still nine point two. I don't know. Right. I'm sure it's going to make me feel really comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I lied. I had this once before, and I think I remember the day it was at the office here, fourth of December, 2017. Thanks, Untapped. Um, just got a sample of it from someone else who had uh, had a bunch of it. So excited to sit here with a little more of it today, and actually take it down with my full attention now. Focus on. The original gingerbread stout from Hardywood. So let's, let's check it out, John. Let's get in here. Oh, it smells really good. I'm I'm Ooh. I'm definitely taking a nose on this one because no one can see me. Right. Uh, All right. So I'm gonna go Dive right in. Even in. That smells it smells great. More oh, sweet that. than anything. Like it does kind of resemble a baked good. Absolutely. It's it dark. Like gingerbread cookie. Um the head's kind of that beautiful tannish color. Mm-hmm. Um I don't. I don't often hear people reviewing the bubbles in their head, and mm. I try never to say it out loud. But the sorry, uh, people that are listening professionally, <laughs> but the the bubbles, the the head, the cascade on the side of the glass here is just reminding me of a perfectly poured Guinness, and this mm. came from a bottle. The the, the head right. looks beautiful. That's not nitrogenated at all. Yeah, nice carb on it, looking good. A lot of happy bubbles. Mm. Not too big, not too small. Ooh, super smooth Son of a gingerbread. 
this is one of those beers where you, you start having it. You're maybe you're about to go to bed. You open this up and you're like, no, we're going to watch die hard two Now we're just going to keep going. <laughs> one is not enough. There's another one. that's also in the holiday season. So that was, um, I mean, this is what this time of year is for these kind of beers, cold out, give me something big and dark and with a ton of flavor and let me enjoy it and sip on it for a while. This is great. And it's not too, um, for, you know, I don't want to sound like a humbug, but, you know, I, I consider myself loving just, just stouts, period, like a great imperial stout. It doesn't need to have anything crazy in it. I'll drink it and think it's great. Like I'll drink old Rasputin from North Coast uh, any day of the week beer. and be, yep. and marvel at all just the grains alone are doing all those cool things. But this is is got all the stuff in it, but it's not like you're trying to enjoy it or you're trying to pick out flavors or you're overwhelmed by all the things happening at all. It all works really well together. It's not sweet, even though it's a milk stout um, and has some honey in it. Um, it's this is great. Like it's it's very well balanced and tastes more like a. It just tastes really well put together. Everything is kind of in measured well in its place. All the different flavors. Mm. Yeah, I mean, this tastes like me wearing an uncomfortable sweater, sitting on a couch with too many people, mm, sweating, watching Home Alone, right? Maybe playing Scrabble or something <laughs> like that. But I mean, this beer is like the shining light in a snowstorm that right. I just latch on to. Right, it's comfortable. It right. tastes comfortable and welcoming. Right, this this to me tastes like me standing up in that room where I'm wearing the sweater and sweating and saying, I'm going to check on the ham and just going out to the deck for an hour and a half and drinking this by myself. <laughs> where is Harrison? What is he doing? Is the ham done? <laughs> I'll check. I guess I'll check. And I'm just forgotten. I'm just forgotten on the deck in oh, the quiet and the to dark. Scrabble. Right. Just with the dogs looking at me like, are you all right out here? Let's get food. Do you have food? Everyone has food tonight. Do you have food as well? <laughs> Nope, leave me alone. Um, but yeah, no, this is, like you said, I got a holiday in a bottle. It makes me think of brownies. And I mean, mm. I, I think every time we drink, I, this this would <laughs> be labeled as a dessert or pastry stout in my head. Mm. And every time I have one, I immediately think, let's throw it in a brownie box and bake it up and see right. what it does to the brownies. Like, don't add water, just add the beer <laughs> and an egg beer. or whatever <laughs> fat it calls for and bake it up. Bunch of butter um, or don't bake it. You know, you can just, just gotta uh, eat it with a spoon at that point. <laughs> now let's <laughs> slow down. <laughs> but I mean, this this would. Uh, I think I think I'm hungry, but this would be mm. amazing in like in a in what is it like a crock pot that you like right. set it at two in yeah. two in the afternoon and sure. you come back and eat it at nine o'clock at night. Right. Put a, like a pork shoulder yep. in there, Some brisket, yeah, and then pull mm. that apart. I mean, it would almost be like um, a barbecue dessert. I wouldn't. I would eat yeah. it. I would eat a lot of it. Definitely, yeah. We do a fair amount of cooking this time of year with beer. This would be a good one. Right, or just a dump and a chili, whatever. Just have a bottle for yourself to drink, a bottle for the chili. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, right. You're right. It kind of gets me thinking about what else can we do with it, or what what could be done. Yeah, that's uh, so. For all you foodies, creatives out there, this is one to seek and check out for more than one reason. Drink it, cook with it, whatever you want. It's definitely cool. It's you know, it's a you know, again, very proud to be uh, as I said, label the original kind of gingerbread stout. 
I'd have this idea first. They have some cool kind of variants of this. They have Christmas pancakes. They have Christmas morning, which I think has like coffee in it. You would assume more coffee. A bourbon barrel-aged version of this, like we were talking about. So they're definitely kind of riding the, the Christmas train on the beer side of things and and having fun with it, which is you know what you should do. Um, and this absolutely. is one of my favorite, like, going through this beer, I have not nearly as many friends on Untappd that have checked into this beer. Mm-hmm. Um, great photos. Most of them, you can tell it's Christmas. A uh, couple of right. couple of people that work with us. I've got uh, Jared from the Facebook group who's drinking a 2019 version. Um, and because his friend and him went back and forth, I can see he's very happy with, <laughs> he, he got this for five bucks. My wow. gosh, Jared. Okay. Um, great find. Yeah. Um, a couple other people, Christmas cookie in a glass, one of my favorite Christmas beers, Dan A, um, thin but strong ABV, milky stout, subtle cinnamon, more present honey and ginger. That's a type of review that mm-hmm. I leave like knowing I'm going to come back to this beer next year and right. I'm going to compare right. uh, what were the standouts. And yeah. then my favorite review uh, actually comes from, I think this was like in April or May. Nice. Um, but my favorite on un- <laughs> Velociraptor K. Um <laughs> so Velociraptor checked into this and says very good beer, even better with a shot of macadamia nut liquor in it. Oh, I mean that's that's like you take a, what is it like a Jaeger bomb? Yeah, and then just sure. go ahead and put it through eight years of college, right. give it a well paying right. job. Right. That's, that's and here we are. They made it out. Yeah, right. Blending happened at the right. I saw the those check ins too. Yeah, and so yeah, variation. So there's. So Christmas morning is with uh, with um, is this beer? It's just gingerbread stout, but with Brazilian and Sumatra Sumatran coffee beans. Christmas pancakes is this stout re-fermented with maple syrup, which is pretty cool. They have bourbon GBS, the gingerbread stout, and then Kentucky Christmas morning, which is Christmas morning aged in bourbon barrels. Wow! So there's this beer itself. I mean that. I think I've just put my put a, a a destination on my kind of my beer map of going to Hardywood Park this time of year and trying trying them all. all of those. Yep. Yeah, and you look at a lot of the pictures, and that's what it is: is people at the brewery, one of the locations, with just flight glasses in front of them, and all these things uh, happening at once, which would be a heck of a night. This would be amazing to go from variant to variant. I mean, absolutely. sitting on it for a year, I'd like to see how how much it smooths out. But mm-hmm. if you could get me K- Kentucky morning and Christmas pancakes and yeah. be able to try all those in one sitting. I mean, yeah, well, good goal. Good goal to have. We'll um, see. There we go. It's getting close to time to set goals. We're close to New Year's. That's right. Um, good. That's one good. <laughs> one pre-redact. Um, that's a word I just made up, uh-huh. but uh, Hardywood's subsidiary brewery is Sun Crush. Sun Crush, right? I saw. Um, I, uh, at, at, I, 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 I kind of phrase it as like an athletic-minded brewery. I, I think of yep. um, like the beers I want to drink in the summer. They make a ginger lime version that's on my wish list. It's brewed with green tea that sounds like a, a lawn mowing beer, or yeah. maybe just a wait to mow the lawn tomorrow, but drink it today, beer. <laughs> Uh, yeah, love it. Dig it. Um, it's great. Let's see. So as we're drinking Christmas beers, Harrison, some of the things I wanted to ask you, we kind of talked about maybe your first 
Christmas beer memory. I mean, it's it, like I said, it's foggy. Yeah. Um, do you have a best Christmas beer memory, whether it's just you drinking a beer during Christmas or mm. a time where someone introduced you to Sam Smith's Winter Welcome? And the, the Great Lakes one, as I said, I mean, I remember the first time I had that, and that, that was cool because I was kind of starting out in the beer world and had like this good relationship with a brewer that was very sought after and got some limited stuff from them and could hype up you know, about regulars and people in the area about it and they could come on in and drink it. And um, so that was a cool kind of memory for me to be a part of other people discovering that beer, that style of beer. Um, in terms of first, right, probably pretty foggy. I mean, my Christmas mornings was always kind of a lot of Bloody Marys in our oh, house. Okay. That was see, kind yeah. of the Christmas morning routine and then i would wait until someone wasn't paying attention to put on die hard and kind of see how long into the morning <laughs> someone was like is the how long is the tv but what are we watching <laughs> like I don't, I don't know i don't know who did it it's Hans. right yeah. don't worry about it yeah usually the first loud kind of gunfire scene someone would be like come kind of half wake up and be like what's going what's what's happening here so um so yeah a lot of bloody marys in our house more recent years um yeah it's kind of like I mean, that's one of, one of my favorite things to do is to, to when the house is quiet and the kids are asleep and I've got kind of the root of myself, maybe have throw a fire in the fireplace, maybe, <laughs> uh, you know, put the Christmas tree set up and I put on something like, you know, White Christmas with Bing Crosby and Danny Kay or some kind of classic It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart and drink whatever, like at that point, um, I I almost don't even uh, you know have a tradition there on the beer side. It's more of kind of just just looking back to a simpler time and sitting there in the the quiet of a of a of a midsummer's or midwinter's eve and you know just taking it in, taking the moment in for what it is. Um, last year we did a lot of um, Oscar Blues. I got there, remember got there fifteen pack like right before. Christmas break or whatever you want to call it, a couple of days off we had, and uh, which they do like a couple of their year rounds, and now they're hazy, rotating hazy IPAs in there too. Um, that was great. I've just kind of having a variety to run through of beers that uh, from a solid brewery that I enjoy. And, I'm, and I have been thinking deeply about what is that beer going to be this year. And I don't know yet, so I'm, I'm on the hunt. I really enjoyed. Um, Snow Day from New Belgium. New Belgium. I recently yep. had that after it not being in production for a while and loved it. And that's a dark, it's like a black, they call it a winter ale. It's a black IPA basically, um, but like really hop with a bunch of high alpha acid hops. So it's like a bitter, dark beer and it's great. Um, so that may be doing the rounds in my house for a while until uh, something else kind of comes along. But um yeah, that's that's kind of the long and the short of it for me, memory wise. Starts with Bloody Marys. More recently, it's more been about kind of the watching Danny K dance around and 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 yeah, seeing how long it took for me to just switch everything over to Die Hard again. I guess I watch Die Hard a lot this time of year. I'm one of those guys. It gets a lot of streams. <laughs> I um, you mentioned a dark beer from New Belgium. Mm. It immediately made me remember uh, in when I was in retail sales. 
um, the beer that everyone would ask for from New Belgium was fifteen fifty four. Sure, right. That's yeah, a that's great also, beer. Oh, um, great. I don't right. under. I could never. I can't place my finger on why that's the one everybody wanted, but no, it yeah. was. I mean, it was one of the only black lagers that we had right. on the shelf most of the, yeah. any at any right. time. And really, that's great. That's in their variety pack right now, which is what what I got. How I found Snow Day again, and it's. I mean, it's what I think it's one of the best beers they make, and it's. It's amazing. Yeah, it's like a 6%. They label it now as a dark ale. I could have sworn it was a dark lager. That's why I remember it being like a dark lager. Um, Me too, although we know memory is is not always correct. (laughs) That's why we have a tap to help help us remember. Um, But but yeah, I just had a bunch the past weekend, and it was, uh, it had been a little bit since I had it. And yes, that's a great one. It went really well. With everything else in that variety pack, it's uh, it's probably going to be on rotation in my house for a bit. That whole variety pack coming back again and again um, until uh, until it doesn't. But yeah, fifty fifty four. If you haven't had it, check it out. It's really cool. It's like a six percent dark ale or dark beer, um, but it's got like kind of spices in it, and it just kind of it's like a light porter, but it, it just tastes like drinking at Hershey's like a bar. It's sessionable great. porter. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. How I remember yeah. thinking, trying to process, it's a, right. it doesn't fit right. all the other beers, but it stands out in a good way. Oh yeah, it was very, very smooth, which to me, I think they still probably lager it for a bit, how smooth that beer was. But who knows? Um, they do. I don't. But uh, for what I tasted, <laughs> it was great, great nonetheless. And uh, yeah, I mean, I may have one of those later tonight. I think I'm going to watch Die Hard tonight. I think I've discovered where this night is going for me, John. <laughs> so one Christmas tradition I want to begin yeah. is Die Hard sabotaging the TV um, <laughs> and just seeing if I, I don't know. I, I feel like my family wouldn't even notice or care. Right. But, oh, Die Hard's on. We'll take a break. Right. Um, I think my favorite Christmas beer memory is that the first thing that comes to mind, which is always the one that it's hard to move past that, but it was two Christmases ago. I was home with my immediate family, my mom and dad, and my brother was there and my nephew was there. And, you know, it was a typical, you know, big Christmas gathering, Italian family, Mm. 40 different main courses (laughs) and a bunch of cheese on the table and everything. It was, it was amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I remember my mom's never, occasionally she'll drink some wine, but she's never. So I remember bringing, that was like when I can't believe it's not your father's root beer right, happened sure. and there was an orange soda version <laughs> and there was, that yes. was like the first year that hard seltzers. I remember it wasn't like the Mike's lemonades of the world, but right. it was like a proper hard seltzer. Maybe it wasn't a white claw, but I went to the store and I grabbed all those things thinking one of these, like my mom's going to love. Right. The root beer was neat, but it, like the bottle was sitting on the counter half drank right. for about an hour. Right. And then I didn't want to introduce the soda ones. So I right. jumped to the seltzer one and maybe it was serendipitous. I had also been trying to teach my mother about like LaCroix and bubbly waters and right. stuff and how they're pretty good. And that's like, that, that's my jam. Right. So she might've thought I was introducing her to a bubbly water. Right. 
Um, but I gave her a, a hard seltzer and it clicked. It was the best Christmas ever. Right. We were playing, <laughs> we were playing card games and yelling and it was, it was so much fun right. because my mom might have accidentally got drunk on, <laughs> on seltzers because I forgot to tell her right, they were alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> Classic, the old bait and switch, right? Great Christmas memory. (laughs) Um, I kind of forgot about that until I started walking through it here. That's awesome. Um, One question that I'd wanted to ask you, Harrison, I've Mm -hmm. never worked, I've been to a brewery and I can Mm -hmm. say that I've like helped make a beer before. Yeah. But as as a person that actually did have, those are the boots I wear to work. Yeah. Um, is, Is brewing life different around i mean i'm not talking like how much cloves are we going to add to the winter beer this year but like are there any cool things that happen in a brew house like some businesses will give you a turkey or a ham right right do you have have any cool memories of christmas around the mash tun oh yeah it was yeah it was it was all those things a lot of heavy metal christmas music being played (laughs) and because you have to remember, you get in there early in the morning, you kind of got to wake yourself up and go from like being half asleep in your car to like, you know, mashing a thousand pounds of grain. And it's, you know, going from cold to sweaty in, you know, a minute. Um, so being motivated and pumped up was kind of always the goal as soon as you got in to kind of get your day going. But yeah, a lot of heavy metal tunes, a lot of Christmas trees set up goofy sweaters. We had a really killer kind of you'd say Christmas party or series of Christmas parties that we would do um, either for like the, in the tap room or for just us um, personally. Uh, I also, I'm pretty sure one of the years we did, we kind of had like a round robin homebrew competition where you um, as brewers could homebrew a beer and internally we would all taste the beers we all made and kind of vote through a, like a bracket system, the best one. And we had you know, decided that whoever's beer we liked the most, we'd then make as a beer to serve to everyone else on the brewery, make a big batch of it. And that kind of that finals, I believe, ended around Christmas time of like, really this cool. is it. And, and, you know, the, uh, which is pretty cool. And I, uh, I didn't end up winning the competition, but the, person's beer who won i was on the brew ship for the day that we brewed that beer which is pretty cool and that beer went on to win a medal in the great american beer festival it was one of the last things i did was make that beer which again was not my recipe but it was just landed on my day um and uh and got to make it which was uh pretty neat so not exactly christmas related but i'm tooting tooting, i find a way to toot my own horn but (laughs) (laughs) i'm like I, what I love about that story is effectively it's a really well practiced home brewer right. making a beer that gets scaled up and yeah. eventually appreciated so much it, yeah. gets, it wins a medal at the yeah. GABF. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, that, that's an awesome story. I think uh, Ballast Point comes to mind or Sam Adams Long Shot. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, but there's Sam a couple Adams breweries that'll yes. do things like that where there's a homebrew competition and yeah. this professional brewery will um, brew right. your the beer. Pro, yeah, the pro am. Well, see, so yeah, pro ams are. There's a, a whole category in the Great American Beer Festivals that pro am standing for professional amateur hybrid. Where and you can enter a beer that you brew with a homebrewer, and that's its own category. 
uh, and for many festivals. Um, now this one won, I mean, this one was just the home brewed beers were just the brewers brewing on their own time. So it was all, it was all internal. It was just us making up recipes. So it wasn't like a customer or someone in the tap room doing it. So we didn't qualify for the pro-am, um, but qualified for the category of smoked, I think it was just smoked beer. I got to look at the metal or whatever, but yes, ended, ended right around Christmas. It, I think it might've been, um, even culminated at one of the Christmas parties, maybe with that kind of final bottle share um, day. And yeah, so that's how, that's one of my fondest memories of just that leading up to it and knowing what happened around the holidays. But I mean, yeah, there's sure it's, you know, you get a case to take home. We want another case here. We've got all kinds of discounts for family members and gifts and stuff the time of year. And uh, yeah, definitely celebrated um, in a, in a cool way. Just uh Oh, oh man, yeah, there are all kinds of. That's right. I remember more stories now. Yes, it was a very fun PG-rated time. <laughs> <laughs> With that, uh, let's take a break. We'll get to our sponsor and come back with an update about Untapped and the year in beer, which yeah. I'm really excited to break down. So. If you'd like to show off your love of Untapped, you're more than free to check out the online store. Uh, pick up Untapped branded glassware, shirts, sweatshirts, hats, more beanies. It's getting cold out. Uh, koozies, keep your fingers warm. <laughs> to get there, take your web browser, go to store.untapped.com. When you get there, there may be codes that you've gotten off us from Instagram or social. If there isn't or if you can't remember it, just use a coupon code PODCAST. Uh, yeah. Put whatever you want in your cart. Go to checkout. Use the code PODCAST. That'll get you 20% off every time you order from the store. Store.untap.com. Coupon code PODCAST. Today, December 18th, mm -hmm. uh, Harrison checked. Today... December 18th is the last day to place an order if you want to have some wrapped up Tiku glasses under your Christmas tree. Right. You can place an order whenever you want after December 18th. Sure. But today, if you're listening on the release on this Wednesday, this would be the day that you have to place your order so you can make sure it's there under the tree. Whether it's a gift for your loved one or just something to drink your own Bloody Marys out of at <laughs> 9 in the morning while planning a diehard takeover. Right. Yeah, it all works. Awesome. But yeah, the code is podcast. Check it out. Okay, so untapped consumer update this week. We actually have a couple of things to talk about. There's a nice update that went out on <clears throat> Monday, I believe. Uh, John, what what what's kind of different now when you're surfing around on untapped on the user end? So I think the big push for this uh, untapped update was mainly geared for new users. So for those of us that have been around for a while, probably nothing essential. I think the first thing I noticed is that after updating, my profile picture shows up in the bottom right. Yeah, that's, really cool. That's actually really cool, um, and I should update that. Um, <laughs> the main update was kind of geared at, uh, I think we've got a, an amazing design team at Untapped, and they're finally able to kind of flex their muscles with some of the updates we've done and pretty things up a bit. So the main up, the theme Right, it's just making it easier for when you log in to know where to go to find what you're looking for, and I think the biggest 
honestly, it's been maybe a little while since we pushed like a brand new item in Untapped, the app. And for this release, when I heard about it, it was an FAB and I had no idea what that was. Right. Um, as all things, uh, it just Fab. is computer code for floating action button, um, which is that little plus button in the bottom right. And when you log into the app and it kind of, the goal there is, is it, you know, where to go to check into a beer if you've never used untap before. So it's easier to show your friends. Um, mm. but also what I really like about it is, you know, you can be in almost any of the screens on the untapped app you click that button it takes you to the beer search and now when you use that you search for the beer and as soon as you click on the beer it takes you right to the check-in page so it's i know it seems kind of small but it saves me it doesn't open the beer and then i have to click check in i just click the plus search the beer check it in Mm-hmm. And as I was talking this through with some of the team here, I realized everybody checks in beers in a different way. Some people go to the venue and say, right. I'm here, I'm going to check in. Um, that, of course, that's all. You can turn that action button off if you don't like it there. The goal, excuse me, is to make it easier for that first time or or your third check-in on a long Thursday night after work. <laughs> Click the button, find the beer, check it in. Hopefully make that a little bit easier so that you can get to the part about the beer that you love most, which is finishing it and opening up a new one. <laughs> <laughs> more check-ins, more badges. But yeah I, yeah, I dig it. It's fun. I've been doing that since we... Uh, up to that little floating action button down there. It just makes it easier. And when you click on it, it kind of shows you some of the beers that you're close to and stuff and other venues and things like that. It's, it's, it's really neat. But um, yeah, it was uh, it definitely jumps out of you. The update it's with that navigation bar on the bottom being different and that, that fab, that FAB. Gotta love the fab. Gotta love the it's, fab. They're already working on a, another push after this. I'm they sure. did one of the things that I actually read through on Reddit, you know, when they changed the histogram of your check-in yes, history. Right. Um, I mean, that was, I think a couple of people, I saw people talk about it on, on Facebook and Insta and on Reddit. And it was awesome to hear the team say like, well, all right, we're going to roll this back. We want to try and mm-hmm. figure out something that works with that still um, it's one of the things that I always love about Untapped is that it's the people that use the app that always come first. Yeah, and truly. I mean, you can't make everyone happy. You'll never be able to check into a vodka tonic Bloody Mary <laughs> on Christmas morning, um, or maybe not ever, right. maybe not soon. Right. But, um, but it's really cool to hear how seriously they take that type of feedback, and hopefully that's well received. You can check in easier. Um, the app looks cool. It shows your picture off. And yeah. if you check in at a location with a digital board and that picture pops up. Looking good. <laughs> a little preview to make sure your hair's done right or, <laughs> um, or Harrison, your mustache is combed right. properly. Yep. All important things. One kind of shameless plug for the developers here. If you're an Android user and you want to get in on untapped beta testing, you can go to the Google Play Store Go to Untapped, scroll down a little bit, and the they're accepting applications. Essentially, you just say, I want to join the beta program, and you'll get these type of updates earlier than yeah. the public. It's cool. They're not 100% fleshed out, but it was really neat to see some people that were trying that button out even before the release and getting feedback about where it should be and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
the thing that I think we're most excited about, it's Wednesday, December 18th. Yes. If all goes well, this right. is untapped release of your year in beer 2019. Hey, and Harrison and I pulled some of our stats to share with you. Excited yeah. to hear about your own. Um, but Harrison, you actually reminded me about this from the year in beer 2018 that yeah. we did. How, um, I mean, what's your, how's that work for you? What's your favorite part about it or yeah i mean i love this whole thing it's it's you know it's nice to kind of get a high level approach scale out look back i mean that's you know really again the genesis of untapped not just it was one of the kind of goals for for greg and tim um was to have this kind of really cool beer journal then um it's nice to kind of take a moment and look back at what you've done the past year remember things you'd forgotten you'd enjoyed so much or places you went or people you hung out with and bottle shares you did um this lets you do that and do it in a really easy to kind of navigate way that's fun and share with that with your friends too so it's just nice to kind of look back because i remember there were a fair amount of breweries that i couldn't remember if i had the first time this year or last year and sure enough um, this, uh, this helped clear all that stuff up. So just kind of, yeah, getting that nice overall overview of, uh, of where I've been, where I've come. And, and also this year specifically after the, you know, the podcast started seeing what that had was, how that had influenced my, you know, beers I was checking in and how many more and what kinds, and if my styles changed from the year prior, it was, uh, that was fun to do. What about you, John? What, what jumped I'm, out for you? I think I'm going to echo that. I, um, those of you that are familiar with Spotify or have a friend that is probably mm-hmm. got inundated with everybody's favorite yes. artists a couple of weeks ago. Baby Yoda. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I mean, the cool part about the, I use un, Untapped as my main source of social media and I use it for a lot of different things. Personally, uh, Harrison and I talk about what beers would be good to put on the next mm-hmm. podcast episode and there's a lot of considerations there. What, what I think is really cool is when you can zoom out, like Harrison said, and take a really high-level view and see, you know, here's the beers you drank. And we'll go through a few mm-hmm. segments. Um, but it should be, by the time you're listening to this, um, go to the Year and Beer on Untapped website. I'm pretty sure we're going to send everybody out an email. Mm-hmm. Check it out. It's just – it's. It's it's self appreciating, but it's so cool to see the, you know the beers you checked in, most of styles, where yeah. you went, right. and right. and if you like it, show it off, uh, right. share it with your friends. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right. If you're a true beer store, that's a cool part about the map itself to look and see kind of where you were, and if you if you travel a lot for business, fun, whatever, kind of look at how how beer has sent you around the around the globe, or when you're moving around yourself, kind of how you've enjoyed certain places. And the beer they uh, they have together, but let's take a look at some stats. So for me, I had start with the uniques three hundred and seventeen this year. Ooh, I don't. Let's keep mine. Let's keep mine to myself. I had two hundred nine uniques this year. So Harrison edged me out quite a bit, right? (laughs) Um, But I mean, I think a lot of that I grew from two twenty eight in twenty eighteen. So. I think the most of that was probably the podcast, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I've definitely, uh, I can blame the podcast for some of my drinks and extra beers. Yep. <laughs> uh, plenty, plenty of conversations I'll be having with my amazing, lovely wife. Right. Understanding, patient. Yep. 
Uh, what about uh, venues? In my head, I almost always just say bars, but I, uh, I drink in a few different types of places, sure. as we're going to cover here soon. I have 46 different venues that I've tagged. Oh, this past year, how many different number of venues? I think I had, where was it? Oh, I think, I, oh, I only had, and yeah, no, I don't, I mostly drink at home. I'm not exciting. <laughs> Most of it happens at my house. I only had 20 total venues, 10 of them being unique. So repeat customer at a couple of places, but most of those places were my house. Um, but, uh, but that, and that was my number one venue. Was, I, that was going to be my next, where, where have you checked woods. in the most? And then work. So that says a lot about me. But then the third, number three is a brewery right down the road, Fly Machine Brewing Company, which is, uh, which they're doing awesome stuff. Um, and then a couple of local watering holes kind of downtown near the office. But, uh, that was different, um, than the year, year prior Fly Machine getting on there. Uh, Those which, guys, I mean, they weren't even open. I was going to say they just they? had their one year anniversary party recently, so yeah, early days for them. But it's been great having them uh, around. My uh, top locations almost almost echo Harrison's. Almost make me feel like Don Draper. Um, <laughs> the top location was work at Untapped. <laughs> Um, pr- probably the podcast lent a little bit sure. to that. The second location is Pom Pound or Pomerania. <laughs> I have a lot of Pomeranian dogs. That's the name of my house. Um, and then some local breweries, kind of the places mm-hmm. that you end up frequenting the most uh, came up there for me. Yeah, The one I'm really excited to hear about is your top beers, Harrison. Yep. I believe this just pulls <laughs> from a straight bottle cap rating. And I'm... Oh, really? I, I want to say I'm maybe proud and also maybe embarrassed of my of the Ooh. one that came up first. Yeah? For me, I went to the beach with <laughs> my dad and my father-in-law. <laughs> They're not super craft beer guys, but we all spent uh, like three days at the beach together before summer got really busy. And my, so the beer that I rated the highest and, and or gave the most consecutive right. high ratings to is Corona. Corona! It's Corona. There were limes the involved, but I was 100% intoxicated on the beach those days. Sure. Um, and I was probably taking some great pictures and having a great sure time. Maybe that affects ratings. It definitely does here. But for what it's worth, that was some of the, the that was maybe the most fun weekend of my summer. Right, yeah. And mine is, you know, is uh, top beer was Bell's Two Hearted for like the second year in a row. But I could probably guess it's been like the, you know, sixth year in a row or whatever. That beer is always, <laughs> it's always, it's always just a few beers away for me. Um, it's probably my Desert Island beer. If not that, my second beer of uh, Sierra Nevada's Pale Ale would probably be um, right behind it in terms of Desert Island desirability. Which really should be, you know, some kind of like a low ABV coconut water beer. If we're really thinking about what a desert island is, something but, from Sun Crush or something, right? Yeah. Exactly. But I'm not. I'm, nah. nah, it's all right. It's I'm, all right. You're on a I'm, desert I'm, island. Right. Make the best. of I'm it. I'm not going to get found. I'm just going to enjoy myself. He already looks like Tom Hanks <laughs> after right. Castaway. I feel like Tom <laughs> Hanks after Castaway internally. My second beer, I'm really proud of. I'm actually feeling like all is right with the world, and none of this matters. From Burial that we drank on the podcast. Um, I feel like yeah. the only reason Corona edged it out is because I didn't drink that many times. But 
Could be. That beer was life changing. There's um Yes it was. Lights on from Treehouse made the list. Treehouse gets a lot of celebration and it turns out they lived up to it. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm really happy number four uh, on my list is a collaboration between a couple of North Carolina local breweries called Secret Lovers, yes, which is a fun a name, beer. and it, that beer right. turned out. I think it was a triple IPA. Triple IPA. And little-known drinking socially fact, before we did a, a real first podcast and a kind of our testing podcast, which will probably never see the light of day, we drank Secret Lovers. That's the first version. Right, yeah. the first version of it, yeah. Um yeah, my four and five are Papa Tulo from Commonwealth, which is an amazing Commonwealth. It's amazing. Yeah. I think my breweries of the year, which we're going to talk about in a minute, were I mean our Hopfly, which was number five for me, or four rather, was Table Banger, which is their uh, New England uh, Pale Ale from Hopfly, and then, um, and then Commonwealth. So those two breweries, uh, Commonwealth in Virginia Beach and Hopfly in I think Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. They're uh, they're Rock Hill. They're they're both doing. It's impressive stuff. Everything I've had from them um, has really been, it's been exciting and um, in, in new way, in new ways, meaning they've kind of taken, if you can believe it or not, a New England style IPA and made it interesting and different and kind of exciting again, which is, uh, which I think is a pretty cool thing to do to stand out in that category. So both of them have in their own right. So pumped that, uh, should up on my list because I definitely, when thinking back to this year, was like, I wonder where they're going to land. If what Commonwealth really jumped out to me, I'm you know, trying to think back and don't need to. On tap's got me covered. Um, really nice <laughs> to look at a, a, a pretty chart. <laughs> That's right. Um, it's not, yeah, exactly right. Look how organized my beer drinking is. My top styles, I'll admit, are almost identical to 2018 yeah, with one addition. I actually had a Saison replaced Stout, which I never would have guessed that coming back when Saisons were horse blankets and scared me. (laughs) And now here I am. That was my number three top style based on rating, sour above it. And then IPA, of course, rings in true. I won't won't deny that flag. IPAs are common, amazing, exciting, and different, but... It was nice to see that list kind of change up a little bit for me, yeah. Harrison. Yeah, mine's pretty identical to 2018 as well, though. Um, so, yeah, number one being American IPAs, followed by New England, American Pale Ales at three, and double IPAs. So the Pale Ales and double IPAs flip-flop for me. Um, we're three and four this year, and last year we're four and three or whatever. And then New England Pale Ales, probably mostly because of that table banger from Hopfly, who came out in number four. I've had that quite a bunch uh, this time, this past year. So yeah, it came out, sorry, number five for me. So yeah, uh, pretty, pretty much IPAs or pale ales all the way down. <laughs> um, rounding it out with geography. Mm. I, uh, most, most beers from country. That's, um, I'm going to yell countries? that for yeah. that. Top five countries. <laughs> um, USA, number one. Sure. I live here and America. we make a lot of beer. Um, after that, my order is Germany, Mexico, Sweden, and Belgium. Ooh, Harrison. USA, number one, and then Germany, Belgium, England, and Ireland. Nice. I'm glad to see a little so, difference there. You know, yeah. You're missing out on Sweden. Though, I know. Man. I've heard. I forget. And Mexico. True. That was maybe, maybe from the Corona. Well, I'm sure it was. <laughs> um, top states in the U.S., North Carolina. Yep. I live here. 
Virginia, and then way across the country to California, Massachusetts, and then New York, uh, fifth place for me. Yeah, I had North Carolina as one, California as two, with 47 different beers from California. Sierra Nevada, yeah, maybe. Must, yeah, I mean, yeah. I was going to say, I was like, what is, oh, that's right. Good old Chico. And then Virginia as uh, number three, and Commonwealth probably making up 90% of those check-ins, and South Carolina and Colorado, which probably... Fair amount of New Belgium's there. Some amazing places. Influencing. But yeah, um, so spread it a little bit, um, but definitely skewing towards the southeast, which makes sense, you know, kind of keeping things relatively local. But yeah, the California, you're right. That's definitely Sierra Nevada influencing that big time. Cool. Um, one last bit of info that was kind of cool, but also entirely predictable. <laughs> I check in most of my beers on Saturday um, at 8 p.m. That's when most of my check-ins Yay. come from. But what I found yes. really... At first, on the bar chart, I said, why are, are, do I have so many check-ins during the middle of the day? But it was at noon, and then it reminded me that sometimes I'll grab a beer with lunch, <laughs> and it made complete sense. <laughs> so that was really cool to see that um, the third hour of the day that I drink right. most is noon. Right. Um, that's, I'm 37. <laughs> that's what we can do now. That's right. You've made it. Um, it's all... Downhill from here. And for me, it's been uh, number one was hour wise and nine to 10 p.m. I had 101 check ins there. And Friday was my big day, followed by Saturday. And then right there, Sunday, which I guess makes sense with football and things, but Friday really dominating um, the, uh, the check in um, kind of popularity in terms of frequency and day of the week for me. And that eight, eight to nine, nine to 10. Most Fridays, I'm probably sitting on the couch, getting kids asleep, <laughs> dogs. Where's Bing Crosby? Give me a beer, and uh, and let's check it in. That, I think, is, is really cool to hear uh, those little differences. Obviously, if I could only live in a spreadsheet, I'd be the happiest man <laughs> in the world. Um, but really cool to hear those differences. Um, I love kind of reflecting on this year. And I'm really excited for what 2020 brings. Yeah. Um, do we have, I don't know where we are on time, Harrison. Do we have time to kind of recap some um, uh, of our moments? <laughs> You're laughing. Okay, we're going to go for it. <laughs> Let's go for it, yeah. Um, a couple of questions as we close out 2019. Um, Harrison, What uh, we've done a few episodes together. Your favorite episode, first thing that comes to sure. mind. Sure. The Oktoberfest episode was great. They're doing five beers for the first time and tra- kind of through that, traveling kind of around the world, or at least in the U.S. and Germany. Um, however, uh, in episode 54, which is when we did Blind Pig and Planet of the Elder, both from Russian River, did a segment on juicy IPAs, i.e. kind of non-hazy New England IPAs, kind of talking about how that really makes sense from a production brewery standpoint. Easier to keep fresher and longer, distribute it. Doesn't go bad or goofy like you can deal with. That's a kind of primary problem with New England's. And to my somewhat surprise, although I guess not, a lot of the bigger regional breweries in the U.S. in their 2020 release calendar have some kind of juicy IPA as a seasonal or a new year on beer. So it was pretty cool to see that. And I'm tooting my own horn a couple times this episode, but I saw the, <laughs> saw those releases last week, and I was like, I can't believe this. I kind of talked about this like six months ago, and here we are seeing all these breweries have some uh, 
a bunch of now what they're labeling as juicy IPAs that are going to hit uh, hit all their markets. So I'm excited to try all those, and of course we'll be reporting back dutifully to you guys about that. Um, how about you, John? Um, my f- my favorite episode, I think, was the one we did with Mike from Session Beer. Yeah. It was our only interview episode that we've yes. done so far. But what I liked is it took me out of my comfort zone, and we brought Mike in to record with us. It was three people. And the reward was amazing. I mean, yes, he brought an amazing beer. Man, oh, man. Um, I won't fault you there, Mike. Still, thank you. Um, yes. But it was also so nice having uh, a third person here to share his view of beer, business, yeah. untapped. That was, was a lot great. of fun. It was a lot of fun. I agree. Yeah. Favorite beer. Uh, we drink on average more than two per episode, <laughs> right. but I know right. we tried to set out with two. Right. Harrison, the uh, beer that comes to mind, favorite yep. beer we've done so far. Oh, my waffles, as you may have, <laughs> may have heard me ex- exclaim, which was such a real kind of, my reaction to that was so genuine. That, that So the beer I'm referring to is Burial's. I'm actually feeling like all is right with the world and none of this matters, uh, which was their crazy imperial set we had a couple episodes ago. And it was great. It was just kind of smelled like waffles, hence the reaction. But um, but tasted totally different and kind of was, a, as you listen back to that one, uh, that episode, it was uh, it was definitely, definitely the biggest beer of the year I had in terms of impact, surprise, memorability, all that stuff. It uh It'll, it'll, I'm still kind of hunting for that to kind of quench that desire since no beer is yet, yet to, yet to hit that same kind of the same little oh my waffle notes that that one did. Um, what about you, John? Um, it was if, if the beer that I remember being really excited about, you nailed it. That, right. um, everything is right in all the world and burials <laughs> long titles. That beer holds a bar for me that'll be hard to meet. Yep. Um, but the one I went to the answer, uh, blackberry yep. pineapple triple puffsicle. I remember bringing it back in a crawler and keeping uh, it cold. Wild. There was a hurricane coming, and I was right. worried about it getting warm. Um, it was marshmallow popsicle with wild blackberries and pineapple and vanilla. That's that crazy. that was a different. It it was so far. It wasn't what I thought beer would ever be. Right. It was amazing. The answer is an outstandingly weird but outstanding brewery and they put 450 north on the map for me out of columbus indiana mm-hmm. um small town but uh, those guys make uh, from what i hear some pretty similar beer so i'm excited to look for them um harrison going into 2020 any beer or well, let's say breweries on your mm-hmm. wish list for 2020 anything that you yeah. want to try and of course yeah so it looks like old nation out of michigan is starting to distribute in north carolina i just had their m43 which is kind of their, their flagship <laughs> yeah. i the first time it was cool uh, i've seen a couple other things from them kind of coming into some local bottle shops and uh and bars so that's going to be kind of goal of early 2020 is getting my hands on all that and see what it's all about because i hear about it talk about it see it all the time on untapped and have yet to be able to get my hands on some and now it seems to be here so looking forward to checking that out and a brewery that i've enjoyed before a bunch but it sounds like they're also coming down North Carolina Way is Night Shift out of Everett, Massachusetts. And I've uh, had very a, familiar. Right, had a lot of their beer before. Um, actually, one of the brewers I worked at 
the owner of that brewery went to high school with one of the founders of Night Shift. So we had a nice little pipeline there of fresh Night Shift beers all the time. But that's been years that I've had it. So I'm excited that it's also kind of making its way to being down here more regularly because they do some, do some really good stuff. And um, yeah, kind of just pumped that they're, they're doing well and making moves where they can be in the southeast, being up in uh, basically outside of Boston uh, where they're headquartered. John, what about you? That's um, I'm I'm really excited about M43. I've never had that beer, but it crushed uh, the the entirety of Michigan on untapped trends for years. Um, for me, a brewery that's on my list is Angry Chair out of yes. Florida. Uh, mm-hmm. Lots of acclaim, lots of check ins. I've never had a beer from them. And that's I, I hear I hear they do good dark beers, and I want nice. to get my hands on one this year. Yeah. Um, a, an, another way I kind of approached it, and this will be a lot harder for me to get. <laughs> there's a brewery called Wander Beyond from Manchester, England, and I talked to a man named Simon three years ago, four years ago ish, when I first started working at <laughs> Untapped. And right. he had this bar in Manchester and he wanted to keep a tap list updated. And we were talking back and forth. And I said, I think that's what we can do. We we're just starting like the verified venues on Untapped. Right. And Simon's awesome. He still manages the knot. He had just, when I first met him, had just done a bottle share and was telling me about all these amazing beers. And we, I, we both hit it off right away. Yeah. Later, uh, the knot kind of is, we'll say, sisters or partners with Wander Beyond the brewery. And I think they're like in the top five rated breweries on Untapped in mm-hmm. England. Mm-hmm. I don't think they distribute very far. I don't know how I'm going to get my hands on them, but right. I would love to grab some Wander Beyond beer yeah. in 2020. That sounds awesome. Um, what about, okay, let's close it up, Harrison. Uh-huh. Um, favorite, do you have, we'll keep it generic and, and vague as we often do, favorite <laughs> moment from 2019 on yeah. uh, Drinking Socially? I think for me it was our, our first episode, both recording and then kind of going through the editing process with Chris, our awesome editor and kind of digital wizard, and then um, and then kind of getting it out there into the world. It, took, it was like kind of a long road up until that point and kind of finally getting there and making that episode and seeing it happen and then seeing people listen to it and the feedback that came from it that was wild because it's it, a lot had to happen to get to the point where we were actually sitting in a room together recording uh these episodes but we did it and uh and that was that was wild so yeah that'll definitely be not even this favorite moment of this year, but favorite moment of the past while. I'm sure as we keep doing this, we'll keep looking back at that and uh, and uh, yeah, and and remember it fondly as being this starting line, the finish line that was also a starting line to where we are today. John, what about you? That's that's poetic, um, <laughs> and it takes me back to nervously trying to document every word I was going to say, right? Um, which is not what we do today. <laughs> um, for me, it was we did. Uh, I guess we'll call it an Instagram challenge um, where we had uh, twenty five dollars store credit, and right. like I mean, it's it's 
it's selfish, I think, of me to say that I loved reading that, but there were so many, I think there was like 40 posts on Instagram, people tagging friends and talking about the podcast. And it's so nice to hear that, uh, that you, you guys listening to it, uh, hear what you enjoy and whether it's good or bad. Um, it's nice hearing. I mean, I have fun doing this with Harrison, but ultimately as we look forward to 2020, I think it's really important that uh, we do this with you in mind and uh, hopefully bring you content that you're excited about. Uh, For me, reading those those posts was the most exciting moment of uh, the podcast for 2019. For sure. Awesome. Cool. We're going to sign off for 2019 and season two. Uh, Harrison and I are going to yes. be joining you promptly mm-hmm. in 2020 on uh, New Year's Day, That's January right. 1st. Um, we're going to launch season three. It's not going to be a big change like Lost, but we've got to. <laughs> uh, we're going to try and get more interview content set up for you. Yep. Um, we got but, a yeah. couple, maybe one cool thing in the works. Couple hopefully, untouched sure. related. Oh yeah, season three is going to be crazy. It's going to be awesome. It's been an honor and a privilege recording and taking your feedback for uh, what we came into season two here for Drinking Socially. And uh, I'm very excited for where we go next year. As of my town, it's going to be, it's been, right, been a fun journey so far, but really just beginning 2020 is going to be the year of Drinking Socially. That's what I'm seeing in my my crystal ball that is just the reflection in this gingerbread stout bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, show notes will be available at podcast.untap.com. If you have any questions or feedback, or if you want to tag us and share your year in beer, connect with Untapped on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, or connect directly with Harrison and I at facebook.com slash drinking socially, or look for drinking socially on YouTube. Yes, definitely do that. And uh, other than that, we'll see you in two weeks. Cheers. Cheers.